Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Tom Lawrence about how to become a highly effective leader in making the shift from manager to leader. Tom Lawrence, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thank you. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you. Uh, I'm so excited to have this conversation. We're going to be exploring your book, Manager to Leader, and really explore the characteristics and principles around highly effective and impactful leadership. Uh, you're joining us from the UK, so it's evening where you're at, it's morning where I'm at, um, and uh, it's always fun to get international perspectives on these sorts of things. Um, as we get started, I just wanted to share Tom's bio with everybody. There are hundreds of books that teach us how to be a leader. Most of them are good and teach the right things, but Tom Lawrence has seen very few that teach us how to influence our people or take our personal growth seriously, or even lead if you're not in a leadership position. Tom wants to change that by writing books for people who are interested in leading and inspiring others. He wants to help people who are not in a leadership position but are aspiring to become a leader, current managers who want to take the next step and become highly effective leaders, and to help senior leaders enhance their leadership skills. Tom began his career in 1999 as an apprentice mechanic engineer working for an automotive company in Liverpool, UK. After completing his apprenticeship, he was made redundant from that company and had to find other work. That is when he joined the rail industry working for Merseyside's train operator. He worked there for six years and during that time he achieved his degree in mechanical engineering, his master's degree in maintenance engineering, and he started his first leadership role as a project manager in 2009. After leaving Liverpool in 2011, he has worked in Edinburgh, Glasgow, and London, where he currently lives. Tom became a chartered engineer in 2013 and is a mentor for new and upcoming engineers working towards their chartership. Working in these different cities, he has had remained within the rail industry and led different types of engineering teams, learning it and practicing different leadership styles. You can find out more about Tom by visiting his website, www.highlyeffectiveleader.com. Uh, or by visiting his social media, his LinkedIn and such. And I'll share all of that in the show notes for you. So again, Tom, welcome to the podcast. A really interesting background with the uh, mechanical engineering, uh, automotive and, uh, and rail experience. Uh, that's not something I've had a lot of in terms of uh, the, spe- the guests on the podcast in the past. So I'm interested in hearing more about that, but I'm also you know, very interested in learning more about your book and exploring with you these topics around effective, uh, impactful leadership and how we can help everyone to be effective leaders, uh, regardless of job title, regardless of position in organizational hierarchy or anything like that. 
as we get started, anything else you would like to share by way of personal background, personal context, or, or anything to help the listeners know a little bit more about you? Um, no, I think you really basically covered it in, in that biog there. I'd just, I just like everyone to know as well that, as well as books, I'm also uh, putting together uh, online courses, um, and I'm going to be speaking as well once this pandemic's <laughs> going to be over. I'm going to, I'm going to start doing um, some speaking engagements as well and try and get more involved in that too. Wonderful. Well, I think that's great. And maybe we can start uh, just with your with your current book. Um, I I, I appreciate the the work that goes into publishing a book like this manager to leader. What what inspired you to write the book? Um, Why? Why focus on on helping managers make the adjustment to leaders? Uh, And let's explore that a little bit. Um, I got I got the idea for this type of book in about 2018 um, I, I was in a position I was in an engineering technical managers position at a company called uh, Greater Anglia in London it's a railway company and um, basically it's like the, it's the deputy professional head of engineering role really and I just I, I was the people who I was working with and the people who were working in my team I could just when I first started I could see there was just something not there about them you know and and I thought I felt it was it was my duty and my responsibility to do something about this um but I just found it really difficult because I could I couldn't at the time I couldn't help get people to or inspire people to sort of come along this journey with me and try and you know see if we can change how people are feeling it was more just focused on get the job done and you know getting the numbers and, and, and business growth and all that stuff. It was never to do with the people. So I thought, well, I want to change this, not just for, for, for this job. I want to change it for me and for as many people as I can all over the world. So I'm going to, I'm going to write down all me, all these experiences um, that I've had over my, my life and my career. Um, and I'm going to use this, this role that I've currently had at the time as the, as the sort of the catalyst to, get this book out and then it was around that time that I thought of this idea that I, I was I was let go from this job um well actually I resigned from the job but I, I, I was uh I, I went on to a different job so while I was doing this new job uh, I was writing this book and it took me about say six months to write and then everything getting everything else in place um and then once I'd finished the book, I thought, well, rather than just put the book book out straight away, why don't I try and see if I can build like a blog, like a website of of, of blog articles, like weekly blog articles, using similar uh, types of st- uh, experiences and and um, like stories from from what I'd got from the book, and I did, and that's what I did. And after about a year of doing that, <clears throat> um, it went really, really well. Got a lot of engagement from people all over the world. And then that once I'd got to that level, I thought, right, now's the time to to put the book out, and sort of you know leverage it through through the website and through everything that I've been doing on on YouTube and on LinkedIn as well. Um, and so, and so on the thirty first of Jan, so just just about two weeks ago, um, I put the book out, and so far it's had a really good good reception. So that was basically <clears throat> where the book came from, yeah, uh, that's and what. Great. I, and what the book is about, it's, as the title says, it's called Manager to Leader. And the subtitle is How to Become a Highly Effective Leader. So it's, it's basically targeted at managers and supervisors and, and team leaders who 
who are in the position, but they're not quite getting the, the leadership part of it yet. They're not quite focusing on the people. It's more to do with getting the job done, uh, getting the whatever whatever industry you're in, you know, getting the job done, getting the numbers, getting the, you know, being in the black at the end of the month, you know, you know stuff like that, which is what a lot of most managers around the world focus on. They don't focus on the people. So this book is basically to, to help managers and supervisors to go beyond the position of manager to become the leader. And, and what the, the book is trying to help people realize is now that you're in the position of manager, you are not in whatever industry you're in. If you're in the engineering industry, the fashion industry, whatever industry it might be, you're not in that industry anymore. You're in the people industry. You're in the people business. Your, your job is about people. It's the people's job to do the job. It's your job to help the people and lead the people. And that's basically what the book is trying to get. That's the message coming from the book, really, is to sort of help people realize that and do the things that will inspire their people to give their best for, for, the, for the cause and for, for the job and for the team. So basically, that's that's, that's the, the book, really. That's wonderful, and I think I think that topic is a really important one. Uh, you know, I, I I do a lot of work in this space as well, and mm-hmm. I often see a disconnect uh, between again what what you point out at very aptly in your book title. Um, there's a fundamental difference between being an effective manager and being an effective leader. And now. Mm-hmm effective leaders need to do management things. They, they have to have management skills, so they need to do both. But an effective leader is all about um, leveraging the capacity of your people and your team, right? And being effective yep. that way. Uh, and then yes, you need to have some management skills, um, budget skills, uh, mm. and, you know, those, those sorts of, of technical things that, uh, mm. to be able to carry out a function. But yep. being, being a leader does not require a formal position, a formal title, uh, spot in the hierarchy. Anyone can be a leader, um, yep. even if they have no managerial responsibilities whatsoever. But certainly, not all managers are leaders, and not all people just because they have, you know, just because they're an executive in a company, that doesn't mean they're a leader. Um, yeah, they they may think that they may think that they're a leader, but that doesn't mean they're actually being effective as a leader. So I think it's mm-hmm. very it's very important for us to consider the difference. Um, in approaches, the difference in focus and priority in those different types of roles. And I really love how you focus on uh, making sure that everyone recognizes their potential as a leader. And it doesn't, it doesn't require, again, position or, or particular status. It also doesn't require a, a, a particular personality style. Um, you know, they're, they're all different walks and types of effective leaders uh, mm. And it tends to come back to their commitment and focus to their people, not whether they're charismatic, not whether, you know, they're a great public speaker. Um, mm. Those things can help, but in and of themselves, they don't actually do anything to help you be an effective leader. Yeah, exactly. I mean, as you say, like, you, you could be within the team, um, but you can still be a leader within that team, if you know what I mean. You, you, don't, you don't have to have the title of manager or supervisor or team leader. Um, if if you have followers within the team, then you're a leader. And as you say, it's you know we, there might be certain people in in executive positions who think they're a leader, but it's, it's not actually them who, who who tell them that they're a leader. It's other people. 
if, if, you, if you have followers, then you're a leader. If you don't have followers, but you're in an executive position, then you're not a leader. <laughs> That's basically it. And if people, and people might follow you because they have to, like they follow the, but what they're following is the position. They're not following you as a person. Whereas a leader is all about the person, all about the character, all about, you know, who you are as a person. And absolutely, I, I, and I love that, that distinction. And what you just pointed out, the way I, I frame it is fear-based, um, mm. right? A fear-based approach. Some would call it fear-based leadership. I don't think fear-based and leadership can go together. Um, if, <laughs> if, you're, if, you're, if you're using fear-based tactics to motivate people, um, they're doing it because not because they they want to follow you. It's because they're worried about their job, because they're worried yeah. about what you're going to do to their career. And that mm -hmm. kind of an approach can produce outcomes. It, using fear can get people to comply and it can mm -hmm. get them to do what you want them to do. But that kind of an approach only results in short term types of accomplishments and performance. It never leads to long term commitment and long term sustainable measurable performance and innovation, right? Yeah, so if, yeah. I, if I want to be effective with my team, I have to make sure that I'm fostering a commitment-based, empowering type of leadership. Uh, yeah. and, and that's the sustainable type. And that's where people want to follow you. They choose mm -hmm. to follow you because they know it's a win-win scenario that you're going to help them and support them. And that's in turn going to uh, improve your your situation, your capacity, which in turn will help your leader look better and perform better. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Not, I mean, you know, it's. I mean, it's another word for fear-based leadership is manipulation, isn't it? And, and that's you know, I've been, I've have had that experience many a time. When you just mentioned before about my starting my career in 1999 as an apprentice engine, a mechanical engineer, my apprentice supervisor was exactly like that. He used to he used to threaten us and, and and you know sometimes he had me in tears and that was how that was how we we were led. But as you say, those that that type of of manipulation or that type of leadership or management style, whatever you want to call it, can produce outcomes. But it can only produce outcomes for a matter of days. It, it won't. You know, it's not a long term. You know, you're not waking up the next day. Can't wait to get to work. You, you're fearing going to work. You know what I mean? So it, it's, you know, it, as you say, it can produce an outcome, but not nothing that you know a, an organisation needs to sustain. I'm excited to announce. The publication of my new book from HCI Press, The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership, Ordinary Everyday Actions That Produce Extraordinary Results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership 
will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's absolutely right. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit more then about what you see in terms of leadership these days. We're in the middle of a global pandemic. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think that's disrupted everything. But disruption isn't unique to the pandemic. We've seen, you know, <laughs> shifting geopolitical and socioeconomic trends and and disruptive innovations. Um, there's been a lot of things that have been disrupting. And it's been changing, I think, the nature of the type of leader that we need for the future organization in order to be successful. So what do you see from your experience and as you look into the future, um, what, how, how can uh, aspiring leaders prepare for the future of work and be effective? Well, I think with this, at, at the moment, we're in this pandemic, there's a lot of well, you know, like a huge, high percentage of people who are working from home nowadays, working remotely. I'm one of them, and I, I have a team of nine engineers, and I haven't seen any of them for nearly a year. Um, but I have, I do speak to them every single day. I do Zoom calls with them, like like we are now. Um, I do Microsoft Teams calls with them, um, and 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 stuff like that, and use the and phone them up, emails, all that type of thing. But one one thing that leaders need to do right at the moment is everything all leaders know about leadership. We need to step it up. You know, we need to make sure that the people who are in our charge, who 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 we are leading, you know. We, we don't want to be phoning them up in the morning and asking how the work is going. We want to be phoning them up in the morning and asking, how are you? How are your family? You know, what can I do to help you today? You know, things like that. It's all about the person. And if, if, if a person feels cared for and feels heard and feel and, and knows that you phone them, phone them up or zoom called them for them, that will inspire the person to, you know, go go to work and, and and perform at his or her best uh, for you and for him and for for him and her or for and for the team so leaders these days due to the pandemic need to step it up and need to increase their effort in in building relationships with the people individually and as a team building trust with the people um, because at the end of the day if you don't have trust you can't lead trust is the foundation of leadership in my in my eyes and once you've got your relationship and your trust um, in place, you can start increasing your influence, which and basically influences leadership. So as I say, but because you're working remotely and you hardly see the people face to face anymore, it, it's going to take even more of an effort from the leader, not the people, the leader to, um, to step it up and make sure that the level of leadership that you had before is either the same if not more than what it used to be so i think that's what leaders these days need to do is is to put in more of an effort not less of an effort and it's got to be as i say more about the person rather than you know let's talk about the job all day if yeah. you know what i mean mm -hmm. I, I think that's right and you know i like you i've been predominantly working from home i happen to be in my office at the moment um, a couple a couple days a week, I'll go in. I'll come into the office for you know part of the day, but uh, mostly I'm working from home and and I'm not seeing people. I'm not seeing people in my team. I'm not seeing 
um, and having those face-to-face interactions, but I'm in meetings all the time and I'm, I'm hopping mm. on um, Zoom or team meetings. The question is, is it always business? Is it always work? Or do you, do you, are you demonstrating, finding a way to show that you care genuinely, that you're mm. going to support your people? Because it's super easy to just go from meeting to meeting to meeting to conduct business and to never focus in on that individual person. And yeah. when we're all together in the workplace, sometimes that just happens organically, right? Because you just, you're walking down, you stop by their office, you chat for a few minutes, you run into each other in the hallway, in the elevator, whatever. Mm. You have a, a conversation, you can talk about how they're doing. Now that has to be more deliberate. And, yeah. and I think a lot of uh, managers aren't doing that. Um, not because they don't care, but, be, you know, because they're not being as purposeful as, you know, deliberate in trying to create those types of opportunities. Uh, so it's just a healthy reminder that we always need to be looking uh, for those chances to have that meaningful, authentic one-on-one -on -one connection with our people, in addition to team meetings, functional meetings, whatever we have to do, you know, just to, to do the business of, of what we do. Yeah, exactly. And I think this, this pandemic has made me, you probably yourself and a lot of a lot more leaders around the world realize just how sort of much we were taken for granted when it came to leadership and as you say walking past people in the corridor seeing them in their office you know just it, it was it, it was normal everyday things that we we could do but at the moment we can't do those things so that's why we need to as you say we need to be a lot more deliberate and put in that extra effort to sustain that level of leadership we had before or or increase it um you know to make sure that as you say we're here to care we need to we need to show our people that we care for them not just tell them you know we need to as you say we need we need to sort of make them feel like they are cared for not just like you know say it in in a few words and then do nothing all day don't speak to them for the rest of the day or or or, or follow through on what you were going to what you you were going to say you were going to do and stuff like that and it does need these days as you say that that extra 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 effort from the leader to to make sure that his or her people are are in a good place yeah and and to your point uh in what you were just sharing as as well as what you said a few minutes ago i think the trust component is so important mm. and you have to follow through so mm. it, it because then even just regardless of your best intentions if you say you're going to do something and you don't follow through or you say you care about your team member and that you're mm. going to follow up with them um, to see how they're doing, and then you don't, and you don't follow through, then the, the trust erodes and they don't see it as authentic, even if it was, like even if you really did have that intention. So mm. we just we just have to be very, um, you know, I always think under promise, over deliver, right? Like yep. make sure that we're always doing more than what we say we're gonna do to, um, so that we don't erode that trust and help people to feel confident in what, we're, what our attempts are. And if we do make a misstep, as happens because we're all human, then we just need to make sure that we uh, are proactive about correcting it as quickly as possible and not just assume everyone's okay with us, mm. you know, failing to do whatever we said we were going to do. So I think that's important. So yeah. I, I'm wondering, you know, one of the things I know you, you explore is in relation to uh, this uh, you know, being an effective leader, the kind of the good, the bad, and the ugly. We've already, you've shared a couple examples of probably the ugly, the bad leader, <laughs> or the bad uh, manager, you know, someone who, who basically use fear-based tactics, someone who's uh, bringing their people to tears. Obviously, that's not, you know, the empowering, uh, commitment-based leader that we're striving for. 
But yeah. do you have any examples of maybe just an excellent, excellent leader that you've interacted with in the past? Um, and what was it about that person that made them so exceptional? Um, when I worked, when I first joined the rail industry, uh, as you as you spoke about earlier, um, I I had a, a, a an engineering director. Uh, his name was Kevin. Uh, he came in sort of about six months after I'd started there. I was only about twenty two at the time, and I could just tell by his demeanour and his presence that he he was a leader. And he was just inspirational. He was just like a natural, naturally inspirational person. When you spoke to him, he listened to you. He he didn't. He even he used to say to me, you know, I I I when I when I talk to my people, I try to listen eighty percent of the time and talk twenty percent of the time. You know, when he's in when he has his one to ones, and because I remember asking him about um, setting up a one to one with someone, and that was his advice: you know, make sure you do most of the listening. You're not there to do most of the talking. And I was like, oh, right, I didn't realize that. I actually thought it was the other way around at the time. Um, but for me, uh, what he did for me is w was just exceptional because the, the engineering director before him was a Dutch lady and she was really good. Um, but I went to her with the proposal of me going to university through the company. And then once I'd finished my degree, I would stay on and I would do certain things to, you know, to fulfill, to return that investment. Um, but she didn't she didn't agree with me and she didn't uh, let me do it. But within a few weeks of a Kevin joining us, he, he signed it off and, and said, right, there you go. You're going to university. This is what I, this is what I see in you. And he told me exactly what he saw in me. And even I didn't even believe it myself until I, I went to university and did the things that he, he recommended I did, um, which was to not have my own team, but, become one of those leaders within the team you know like someone who he didn't have the job title he didn't have the authority or anything like that but that doesn't mean you can't lead people and he was the one who basically who taught me these types of things and and I've always and I've, I'm still in touch with him today um he's he, he's now is based in London but um but I haven't seen him for a couple of years but I'm still in touch you know online and stuff um but he was basically the, the first person in my engineering career who who gave me that boost and said right this is what I think you I, this is what I see in you basically and he believed in me and because he believed in me it helped me believe in myself and I've believed in myself ever since so he was like the example but when I say when I use the word example the the, the sort of the principle that he he lived by was leading by example you know, as as you you were just saying before, you know, um, under promising, over over delivering, if you know what I mean. Not under promising, like promising and over over delivering, and that's what he did. He 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 talked the talk, but he also walked the walk, which is what you were alluding to before. And once I saw that, once I saw him be like that, I wanted to follow him without him asking me or anything like that. It was just all off my own accord, and everyone else within the team did as well. So once I got into my first leadership positions, I had an example to a role model to sort of to work, you know, work towards, you know, to some, someone to sort of try and be like, and I still try and be like that today. So I'm quite, I'm quite lucky to have, have been, I've, I've worked with Kevin and, and, and learned from, learned all this, all these leadership skills and leadership principles from him.
That's that's wonderful. I, there's so much in that example that I really love. Um, but one of the things that you said that I, I think just really stuck out to me the most was that he helped you develop your confidence in yourself, right? Yeah. I, I think that's the mark of a truly great leader. They see the potential in their people, and then they help them to to ride to the rise to the occasion and achieve that potential. Uh, and yeah. a lot of times, your team, especially if they're younger or they're starting off in their career, a lot of times they don't have a lot of confidence because they, they haven't experienced a lot of things yet. And so giving them a hand up, uh, helping to them to develop that confidence, have some small wins, and then uh, grow into themselves, I think that's the mark of a really great leader. And it sounds like, you know, that's what you experience. What a great example. <laughs> Well, Tom, it has been a real pleasure talking with you today. Um, yeah. We're about to the end of our time together, but before we close, yeah. I did want to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about your book and other work that you're doing, and then you can give us the last word on the topic for today. Yeah, um, but you, uh, as you said earlier, my website is www.highlyeffectiveleader.com. Um, I'm on LinkedIn as well um my name's just my name's tom lawrence um you can catch me on linkedin you can connect with me um i'll always accept um and my youtube channel is called leadership and growth there's about 35 36 videos on there so far um i was posting one once a week um, but i'm taking some time to work on a few things a few other projects at the moment as well as publishing my book two weeks ago. So I've sort of, I've, I've not public, posted the video for a couple of weeks, but I will be getting back to, to the YouTube videos soon. Um, and I think for the, for the, for the final word on, on, on leadership is the three pillars that I live by are leadership, influence, and personal growth. And all three of them intertwine within, within each other. Leadership basically is influence and personal growth. Um, even though it, it's all about, being personal and, and growing is about helping others to grow as well. And that's what all leadership is about, is helping others with their personal growth so that they can help others with their personal growth. And that's basically my my why is to, to develop aspiring and current managers into highly effective leaders so that they can develop aspiring and current managers into highly effective leaders and create that snowball effect. And the just cause that I, I live by as well is, you know, I see a world where our leaders create environments that focuses on their people so that they can lead, grow, and increase their influence. Well, that's beautiful. Thank you, Tom. Mm -hmm. It has been a real pleasure talking with you today. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected with Tom, check out his book, find out more about what he can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. We are excited about the launch of HCI's new magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine designed to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We will be publishing issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Check out the first issue and let us know what you think.
Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.